0: We present a seaside saga of post-war pier perpetuation written by Harold Snow and Michael Knowles, starring John LeMessurier as Arthur Wilson, Ian Lavender as Frank Pike, and Bill Pertwee as Mr Hodges in...
1: It sticks out half a mile. The time,
0: 1948, the place, the pier Framborn on sea somewhere on the south coast. Yes, well, thank you, Mr Spriggs. yes. I'm, I'm sure it's a very reasonable quote. But I'm afraid we can't possibly afford £85 just to refloor the ladies' lavatory. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we'll have to make other arrangements. Pardon? Yes, you're quite right. So will the ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. He wants £85, Bert. Yeah, I heard. Blimey, £85 just to spend a penny. <laughs> Couldn't we charge the ladies a bit more and get the money back that way? Don't be daft, Parker. You can't have people saying, I oh, won't be a moment, I'm just going to spend a sixpence. <laughs> no, I suppose not. Still... I'll get it. Hello? Frambourne Pierre, Mr Pike, the co-owner speaking. Oh, hello, Mum. <laughs> no, Uncle Arthur's not here yet. No, we're expecting him about half an hour. No, well, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get back for lunch today, but we've been ever so busy. We've been having a lot of trouble with the ladies. <laughs> no, Mum, the ladies' toilet. Look, I, I, said, I said I'm sorry, and I'm sure Uncle Arthur is as well. No, I've no idea what you can do with leftover liver. <laughs> well, I don't think Uncle Arthur'd like that. Oh, don't be silly, Mum. Of course he's not seen anybody else. He yes, said, No, he hasn't been round for a few evenings. No, I'm sure it's nothing to do with the lumpy custard you made on Tuesday. <laughs> look, look, Mum, I'll, I'll get him to ring you, all right? Bye, Mum. What was that all about? It's my mum being silly. Just because Uncle Arthur hasn't been round home for a couple of days, she thinks he's seen someone else. Perhaps he is. Of course he isn't. He was with us, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, why didn't you tell her that? She wouldn't have believed me. She's getting very odd, my mum. How do you mean odd? Well, she started doing funny things. You mean like uh, standing on a red in the middle of Timothy White's? <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, she imagines things and then starts to get jealous. I think it may be something to do with delayed shock. From what? A doodlebug. bug. <laughs> What happened then well it was junior air Age you see and she was just coming back from the bottom of our garden with a scuttle of coal in one hand and some rhubarb in the other when the doodlebug overhead suddenly cut out mm, nasty mm, exactly well she knew she ought to run but she didn't know what to do with the heavy coal scuttle and the rhubarb anyway as she stood there our next door neighbor suddenly stuck his head out of their shelter and shouted "Drop 'em!" <laughs> she was ever so upset she said no-one had ever said anything like that to her before. And you think that might have something to do with her being suspicious of Arthur? Well, you never know, do you? I mean, the human mind works in funny ways. You can say that again. The human mind works Shut in funny... Shut
1: Here, 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 you can't come in here. This is private property. Oh, it's, it's you, Mr. Wilson. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Guthrie. Have you come to see their nibs? Yes, that's right, yes. In the office, are they? Uh, Mr. Pike is. I think Mr. Hodges is having a look at the ladies' lavatory. Oh. Mind you, that was a quarter of an hour ago before I had me attack. Your attack? Yeah, shooting pains. Oh. Went up me arm and down the other, then up me right leg and down me left. Sounds nasty. All their fault it was. Them and their blooming filing cabinet. I told them I shouldn't carry anything heavy, but they insisted. No respect for other people's bodies. That's their trouble. Oh, I'm sure that's not true. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Next time one of them insists on me carrying a filing cabinet, it will be over my dead body. Very likely, I'd say, yes. Anyway, the wife certainly isn't going to be very pleased if I've done my back-in tonight of all night. Oh, really? Well, what's happening tonight? She wants me to shift the cooker. <laughs>
0: Look, Mum, there's no point in going on at me. It's not my fault Uncle Arthur hasn't arrived. I don't know where he is. Perhaps he's had an accident. No, Mum, of course he hasn't had an accident. Hang on, Mum, there's someone at the door. Come in. Ah, good afternoon, Frank. Oh, hello, Uncle Arthur. Look, Mm -hmm. I've got my Mum on the phone. Can you have a word with her? Oh, yes, all right, yes. Hello, Mum. Look, Uncle Arthur's arrived now. I'll I'll put him on. Right. Hello, Mabez. Is Arthur here? Yes. Yes, well, I'm sorry, Mavis, but I, I've been awfully busy the last few days, yes. Oh, all sorts of things. No, nothing of that sort. Why oh, don't be silly, Mavis. After all these years we've known each other, would I let lumpy custard come between us? <coughs> well, of course there isn't anyone else. Oh, really, Mavis, I don't know what's come over you lately. You haven't been the same since I took it to see Brief Encounter. <laughs> what? Whatever, well, not ridiculous. I don't look anything like Trevor Howard. <laughs> I haven't been near the railway station for days. <laughs> yes, of course we'll see each other again. Now I'm afraid it won't be this evening, but I'll, I'll try. Maybe. oh she's rung off. I don't think she's very pleased with you. Well, yeah, no, I can't think why. I mean, uh, quite a lot of the time I haven't been with her. I've been with you, talking about this blessed pier. Now she's starting to jump to ridiculous conclusions. Oh, don't worry. It's probably just a passing phase. Oh, I do hope so. She doesn't seem to be herself these days. That lady, is in a shocking state. Yes, I know. <clears throat> I reckon the main trouble's dry rot. I beg your pardon? <laughs> and there are bits that need shoring up. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite following this conversation. Bert's talking about the lady's lavatory. The floors are all rotten. Oh, I see. Mm, Pity it's the one by the ghost train. It'll probably get used the most. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, how are you, Arthur? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Bert? Now, Frank, you said on the phone you had something you wanted to show me. Oh, yes. Look, we've had this old filing cabinet brought up here. Yes, I know. I met Guthrie moaning about his back. Oh, the man's just a hyperbolic. The thing is, we thought that there might be something interesting inside the filing cabinet to do with the running of the pier. Oh, I see. We managed to get this bottom drawer open with a few hefty thumps, but so far we can't get these other three to budge. Look. I expect they're locked. Arthur, you are brilliant. I don't know how you do it. What was in the bottom drawer? Oh, well, we reckon that must have been where they kept the lost property. We put all the things in this cardboard box. Yes, yeah, quite, a, quite a mixture by the look of it. Oh, yes, look. There's an old camera, one Wellington boot, some old books, woolly hat, a pair of braces, a couple of tennis balls, and a pair of ladies' frilly uh, uh, pants. Can't imagine how she came to lose them. Perhaps it was a windy day and they just blew off. <laughs> No, Arthur. It's rather unlikely, Frank. Still, uh, let's hope that's all she lost. No need to be smutty, Arthur. I'm sorry. Well, now these drawers. Now, look, if I use this screwdriver, I should be able to force this one
1: open. Now, if I pull it hard over to one side, it should...
0: Oh, done it. There we are. Hasn't done that screwdriver much good. Whose is it? Mr Guthrie's. I borrowed it from his toolbox. Well, he's not going to be very pleased. Look, it's all bent over onto one side. Not much use for it like that, no? I don't know. Could be very useful for getting at screws in awkward places. <laughs> Perhaps if I use it the opposite way round on the other drawer, it'll bend it back straight again. Well, I don't know. Here goes. Look, look Uncle Arthur, it's going. It's going. It's gone. <laughs> You've broken the top of his screwdriver. Only the first inch or so. What? Well, I always thought that was the bit that fitted into the screw. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave this last drawer until tomorrow. Let's have a look in the one we've just forced open. Now, let's see what we've got here. Ooh. Tide tables for 1928. Hmm. well, that'll be handy. <laughs> this looks interesting. Oh, yeah. What is it? It appears to be uh, a record of the number of persons coming onto the pier on a month-by-month basis from 1920 till it closed at the outbreak of war... In 1939. Hey, Bert, that could be useful. Oh, yeah. You mean it could uh, give us an idea of the sort of business we can expect to do when we reopen? Exactly. You really think so? Of course. Yeah, for example, have a look at, uh, well, September 1938. Oh, very well. Here we are, September 1938. and um, hmm, 30. 30,000. No, just 30. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Well, apparently, yes. Mind you, in August it was... Go uh, yeah. yeah. go on. Go How on. many? How many? 94 (laughs) well it's only one thing for it but you're going to pack the whole thing in are you put the pier back on the market of course we're not Bert and i are going to make a success of this pier aren't we Bert? yeah you did right Parky. now tomorrow morning the three of us are going to find out what the public really wants on their pier and give it to them excuse me sir yes what is it young man i'd like to talk to you about your local pier why what's he done now No, I'm talking about Framborn Pier on the seafront. Oh, that I saw. (laughs) You're organising a petition to pull it down, I'll sign. No, you don't understand. I've just bought it. What are you, some sort of loony? That pier's just a heap of rusty metal. It won't be like that for long. My partner and me will soon be opening again for the pleasure of both visitors and residents. Have you lived in Framborn long? As long as I can remember. Ah, so you can tell me all about the golden days of Frambourne Pier. (laughs) Not really. I'm only 74. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, uh, excuse me, madam. Uh, I wonder if you could assist me.
2: Why? Are you lost? No,
0: no, no. I I want to talk to you about Frambourne Pier.
2: How do you mean?
0: Well, for instance, uh, in your own words, what could you tell me about it?
2: It's closed.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am aware of that. But I mean, uh, before the war. I mean, what sort of memories do you have of
2: it? None at all. Really?
0: You mean you never set foot on it?
2: No, never.
0: Why was this, exactly?
2: We lived in Huddersfield. <laughs> oh.
0: Excuse me, uh, young lady.
2: Yes, what is it?
0: You look as though uh, you enjoy a bit of fun.
2: Oh, I beg your pardon? Well, I
0: mean, for instance, if I was to take you down to the pier one evening, what sort of thing would give you the greatest pleasure?
2: Uh, how dare you! Oh! <laughs>
0: Look, I'm sorry, Mavis, but I'm afraid I won't be able to get round to you this evening. No, of course you're not just one on a list. No, I didn't mean get round to you in that sense, no. (laughs) I meant I I wouldn't be able to visit you this evening. You see, it's the first meeting of the Friends of Frambon Pierre Association in the ballroom tonight. What? Mrs Winters saw me doing what in the high street? (laughs) Approaching a number of ladies... No, of course I wasn't pestering them. I was merely noting their various likes and dislikes. Look, Mavis, I'll tell you what. I'll try and get round for a cup of cocoa afterwards. Now, I can't promise. No, look, now, Mavis. Uh, Mavis, are you there?
1: Oh, really? <laughs>
0: It's 8.03, Miss Perkins. Shouldn't we be under starter's orders?
2: Oh, I'm sure it won't be long now, Mr. Borgcott. Oh,
0: jolly good. I always say promptness is the first cousin to efficiency
2: Excuse me, Mr. Pike. I've been round and checked on who's here. Yes? And I've made a list.
0: Oh, thank you, Miss Perkins. Who's that old bird in the corner over there? Oh,
2: that's Mrs. Briggs. She's a widow and awfully enthusiastic. That's Mr. Mm -hmm. Woolcott she's talking to. I think he's a bit of a no.
0: Yeah, I remember him. He's also a bit of a bore.
2: It's turned eight o'clock. Shouldn't we be starting the meeting? We're
0: just waiting for Uncle Arthur. He shouldn't be long. He went up to the office to hang his coat up.
2: Oh, I see. Well, while we're waiting, I'll just mingle.
0: Hope he's not too long. We ought to get underway. Oh, here he is now. He looks a bit put out. I'm uh, late, Rather important phone call. <clears throat> is it my mum again? Yes, unfortunately, she's uh, she's really becoming quite impossible. <laughs> Still suspects you're being a modern-day Casanova, does she? <laughs> no laughing matter, I assure oh. you. Mr. Wilson. Yes, good evening. Evening, Miss Perkins. It's 8.06 now. Very tardy, this.
2: I think the members are getting a little um, impatient, Mr. Pike. Mm-hmm. Especially our friend, Mr. Woolcott.
0: Yeah, well, we'd better start then. Uh, good, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Evening. Uh, if you'd like to find yourself a seat. Right, now then, Mr. Hodges and myself would like to welcome you all to this first meeting on FOFPA. Later in the evening, we'd like you to try out the various slot machines and report on their condition. But first of all, I'll hand you over to Mr. Hodges, who will tell you all about our plans for the pier. Mr. Hodges. Thank you, Frank. Now, I hope they include a camera obscura. Yes, of course. Now, to begin with. Uh, a what? A camera obscura. The Brighton Chain Pier had one in 1824, and eastbourne has got one now.
2: I think we ought to have a pier railway, like South End. Oh, Mrs Briggs, but South End Pier's a lot longer than this one. 6,600 feet, to be exact.
0: <laughs> I told you he was a bore.
2: We must have a Punch and Judy show.
0: She's not doing too badly, either. <laughs> Look, could I ask you to keep your suggestions until a little later in the proceedings? Yes. Oh, sorry, I'm never so that. Sorry, sorry, dear. How far had I got? Well, you hadn't. You were just about to begin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, obviously, the first thing we've got to worry about is our two arms. They're no use as they are. They've got to be joined together.
2: Here, here. Absolutely essential. Don't you agree, Mr. Wilson?
0: I'm sorry, but... Uh, what was that?
2: Mr Hodges was just saying how nice it'll be when we join our two bits together. <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree. Oh
0: yes, yes. Yes indeed, yes, very nice. Yes, mm. well I'm I'm pleased to tell you that plans for doing this are coming along nicely.
2: Oh, good. Oh, good.
0: Now, uh, I take it for granted you all know that the missing bit was removed in the early days of the war to stop the jerrys invading our shores. I'm playing with our slot machines. Thank you. (laughs) Very amusing. When we have filled in the gap, we'll be able to start getting all the stalls back in a working order. Repainting the railings. Installing a camera obscura. Installing a captain, Please, Mr. Walcott. Talk about that later. Sorry. Apologies. Brain not engaged. Now, Frank and me, we plan to split the meeting into two halves. And the first part, we want to discuss the repairs that need doing and how you can help. And in the second half, we're going to move the meeting up to the amusement arcade. Now then, I think we'd all agree that there's
2: a lot to be done. I mean, we've got
0: to... Right, ladies and gentlemen. Could, could you all quickly gather around now, please? Because it's, it's getting very late. Thank, thank you very much. Now, before we go on... I'd like to propose a vote of thanks to Miss Perkins for providing the refreshments this evening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure we all enjoyed her homemade elderberry wine. (laughs) I know I did. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) I've got another glass tucked away here for (laughs)
2: Linda.
0: And, of course... The homemade gingerbread men. Mine only had one eye. Don't worry. Mine had two noses, but it's the thought that counts. (laughs) Hey, Arthur, how many glasses of that (laughs) stuff did Frank have? Only two, I think, but he's not awfully experienced with alcohol. No. If you remember, before we had our refreshments, and I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking Miss Perkins for providing the refreshments... You just said all
2: that. Oh,
0: yes. Uh, Of thanking Miss Perkins for uh, agreeing to take notes this evening.
2: I haven't got any paper.
0: Yes. Anyway, um, as I was saying, Mr Hodges got you all to draw pieces of paper out of a hat to decide which amusements each of you tested, and this seemed to be the fairest way. So, what did you draw, Mrs Briggs?
2: The test your strength and the punch ball.
0: Ah, yes. Well, uh, anyway, what, what sort of condition were they in?
2: considerably better than me.
0: <laughs> oh, dear.
2: However, Mr. Wilson kindly came to my aid. Oh, that's just like Mr. Wilson. He's always extremely courteous. Take the other day, for example. I was carrying some heavy ledgers. No, 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 please please,
0: a... please, please, Mr. Perkins, please. I'm sure no-one's interested in hearing all this. I'll second that. And no, no, I'll third it.
2: <laughs> there
0: we are. Carried unanimous... You. Nanis, mister, you... Well, everybody's carried it.
1: Uh, Frank, Frank, why don't you let me take over? No,
0: you've done your bit. Hey, Uncle Arthur, mm? I think Miss Perkins is a bit keen on you. Do you think so? My mum wouldn't like that. <laughs> At the moment, your mother doesn't like anything. Look, do you think we could get on? Oh, sorry, yes. Um, now, uh, Mr Wilson... What can you tell us about the punch ball? It floats. What do you mean, it floats?
2: Well, you see, the chain holding the punch ball was rusted through. And when Mr Wilson hit it, quite gently, really... Oh, I'm sure he didn't hit the ball gently. <laughs> Mr Wilson's ever so masculine.
0: And if oh, he... Oh, blimey, w- not again. <laughs> Please, Miss
2: Briggs. Sorry.
0: Carry on, Mrs Ball. Mrs Briggs.
2: <laughs> well... It flew off the chain, out through the open window and bounced into the sea.
0: You've got it back, of course. Oh, no, of course not. At 11 o'clock at night, it's a bit cold for swimming.
2: At any other time, of course, Mr Wilson would have dived in and there. And swam the channel,
0: yes, we well, there was a fishing boat on its way back, but it would have been awfully difficult to attract their attention. Could have just shouted, could we have our punch ball back, please?
2: Mikey, <laughs> 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 okay. yeah.
0: don't drink any more of that wine.
2: Why not? I like it.
0: Now, oh, Miss Perkins, what amusements did you try out?
2: Well, the first one I drew was the haunted graveyard. Ah, mm.
0: oh, that's the one where you put your coin in and various things come to light.
2: Yes, that's right, Mr. Wolcott. Thought so.
0: <laughs> and did it work properly? Well,
2: it was certainly frightening. When I put my penny in, the lights went on in the church and you could hear the organ playing. Then suddenly the church clock struck twelve. A bat flew out of the belfry and you could hear the distant howling of savage dogs coupled with a faint rattling of chains and the weird incantations of those who had passed over onto the other side.
0: Probably just a drunk going by on his bike.
2: Because... <laughs> what happened then? Well, quite suddenly, the lid came off one of the large sarcophaguses and a figure in a shroud stood up and walked slowly towards the side of the church at the same time you could hear a mysterious whistling sound
0: probably something he'd eaten frank <laughs> go on
1: miss Perkins. well
2: when the organ music stopped the light in the church went out and the figure in the shroud picked up A large broken tombstone. The church door slowly opened and fork lightning showed us the beautiful innocent maiden about to emerge. (laughs) The figure in the shroud raised the paving stone above his head in a horrifying menacing manner as the young girl walked slowly out into the churchyard. Oh, what happened then, my dear? I don't know. Why not? I closed my eyes. I can't stand anything like that. Uh, Let's
0: go on to you, Mr. Wolfcott. Well, I drew the What the Buffer Saw machine. Actually, its proper name is a mutoscope, you know. Yes, we are aware of that, thank you. Anyway, according to the name on the front, I was going to see the French can-can. But when I put my money in, nothing happened. More a case of can't-can't than can-can, eh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mr Wilson, you're so funny, very amusing.
0: Mm. Yes, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr Woolcott. Uh, I remember now, I had a look at that one the other day. I just happened to be passing it, and all the pictures were in such a tatty state. I, well, I took them up to the office with a view to um, um, replacing them. <laughs> oh, I'll get that one. Can, can, can't, can't. That's very funny. Can, can't. right, Frank, calm down. <laughs> uh, what about uh, you, Arthur? Or were hmm? you too busy helping Mrs Briggs? No, the first thing I tried was the uh, horoscope machine. Oh,
2: I know the one. Mm-hmm. You select a birth sign and it delivers a printed card. Yes, that's
0: right, yes. I, I've got it here. What's he say? Oh, you don't want to hear that, do you? I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a load of nonsense. No, no, go on. It can be strangely accurate. All right, very well. <laughs> it says, uh, right over here, Naturally... Aggressive. you should hold this in check. You would like to be accepted in the world of big business, but your inability to grasp even basic facts precludes you. Consider whether you have a chip on your shoulder. Otherwise, true success will always elude you. It's truth. That's hardly very flattering. I wouldn't be very proud of that, Arthur. Oh, it's not mine. I selected your birth sign. <laughs> yes, well, as I said, it's it's a load of nonsense.
1: <laughs> now... I'd like to go on... Excuse me, can I get through? It's that fellow Guthrie. He seems a bit worked up. Mr Wilson, I've got some news for you. Not now, Guthrie, later. Yeah, we are rather busy. Oh, well, on your own head, be it. If you don't want to know, there's a lady looking for you. Just a minute, just a minute. Who is this lady? I think she said her name's Mavis.
0: Mavis? Good Lord. (laughs) Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I I suggest we have a five-minute break uh, to to collect our thoughts and... uh, You know, you'll go and get yourself some fresh air. All
1: right. What's the matter, Uncle Arthur? Well, apparently Mavis, uh, your mother, is on the pier looking for me. Well, she was. Well, she said something about uh, some cocoa getting cold. (laughs) And what did Mr Wilson think he was playing at? Oh, Lord. Well, I tried to tell her you were busy, but she wouldn't listen. She stormed up to the office. Oh, yeah. And that didn't please her much, neither. Well, what didn't? The pair of ladies' knickers on the desk underneath your raincoat.
0: What did you say? He said you had ladies' knickers on, uh, under your raincoat. Oh, really, Frank? <laughs> Mr, Mr.
2: Wilson, I couldn't help overhearing what Mr Pike said just now. And I'm quite
0: shocked. Sure. Oh, now, don't you stop, Miss Perkins, please. Those knickers were just a pair some lady left behind.
1: I don't think I'd pursue that one if I were you, Arthur. And, <laughs> okay, and, uh, uh by the knickers were all them photographs of ladies in suspenders and black stockings.
2: Well, we... <laughs> Good night, Mr Wilson. Excuse me, Mr Hodges.
0: It's just the pictures out of what the butler saw
1: machine. Oh, yeah, and this Mavis said something about Mr Wilson not being the same man anymore, and what was he up to tonight? I'm not up to anything.
0: All the same, I don't fancy your chances very much. Mm, remember what happened last time she got angry with you? It took three days to
1: get that treacle pudding out of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> there, oh, dear. Uh, where is she now, Guthrie? Well, she was on her way down here, but then she decided she wanted to, uh, well, you know, happened yeah. powder her nose... So she went into the ladies, the one near the ghost train.
0: That's the one with the rotten floor. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. (laughs) And the wonky door. That's why she's still in there. She can't get the door open. Well, we'd better try
0: and uh, force it. Now, just just a minute, uh, Bert. Uh, There's no rush.
1: Well, I would try and unscrew the lock, but someone's broken the chop off my screwdriver. Oh,
0: dear. Yes, what a pity. Couldn't you borrow another one?
1: Well, I suppose I could go home and get one. How long would that take? About an hour there and back. Well, uh, look. Uh, if, if you could do that, we'd be very, very grateful. And
0: uh, look, uh, Guthrie, here's, uh, here's a pound for your trouble.
2: Oh, oh,
1: tch. Well, Right, well, uh, I'll be off then.
0: Oh, and Guthrie. Uh, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> My mum's not going to like this. Women and drinking? Well, I haven't been drinking. No, but I haven't. <laughs> well, I shall have calmed down by the time Guthrie gets back. But what about that rotten floor? Supposing it gives way, what then? Ah, well, the ladies will just have to use the one by the turnstiles. <laughs> listening to It Sticks Out Half a Mile starring John the Measure as Arthur Wilson Ian Lavender as Frank Pike and Bill Pertwee as Mr Hodges whose characters were originally created by Jimmy Perry and David Croft also in the cast were Vivian Martin as Miss Perkins, Glyn Edwards as Mr Guthrie Michael Knowles as Ernest Wolcott, Hilda Braid as Mrs Briggs, Michael Bilton as elderly man Maddie Head as woman and Jill Lidstone as young lady. It Sticks Out Half a Mile was written by Harold Snowden, Michael Knowles and produced by Martin Fisher
2: Uh, they don't write theme songs like that anymore. That episode was first broadcast on New Year's Day in 1984. What a start to the year that was. And looking ahead, a mission to an